And I told Mr. Ursay on the phone that we're going to go 0-8. Like, just so you know, we're not going to win a game. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Welcome to RG3 and the Ones, presented by Way Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Mr. Robert Griffin III, a.k.a. RG3. Some of you may know me as the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at Baylor University. Others of you may know me as the Rookie of the Year Pro Bowl quarterback for the Washington Commanders. But today... I'm Mr. Not Guilty Until Proven Innocent. That's right, people. We're talking about the Michigan situation. But before we get into any of that, I want to say thank you guys for liking and subscribing to our YouTube page. And make sure you follow us on social media at rg 3 and the ones so you can get those daily clips that we're going to post to get you excited about the episodes that drop every single Thursday. So again, follow us at rg 3 and the ones and make sure you listen to us wherever you get your podcast, because that's where we're going to be. Now, before I get started on what's coming up on this episode, I do have an announcement to make. I just want you all to know that baby Gia is now walking. I'm very proud as a girl dad of four, all the parents out there, it doesn't matter how many kids you have, every milestone matters. And now that Gia is walking, she is driving me and her mother crazy, trying to keep her out of different things. So it's a whole nother can of worms that's been open, but I just wanted to say that very happy. Thank you. Little Gia walking around like a gangster. No, not a gangster. We don't say that. Anyway, we're coming up on this episode. We're going to talk about CJ Stroud and how he squabbled them bucks up and is now a top five quarterback we're gonna get into that we also got to talk about josh dobbs and how he's the new kid at school but he's already cracked the code for the minnesota vikings but most importantly oh do i have a special guest for this show today all right people let's get to it we're talking about the michigan situation of sign stealing and they're accusing jim harbaugh of cheating to help michigan win football games over the past few seasons if michigan cheated and they stole signs, and it's against the NCAA regulations, they should be punished. But the problem that I have is you have to let the due process play itself out before you make a decision like that. There have been some people that have said they should be eliminated from college football playoff contention. And my biggest issue with that is, one, the due process has not run its course, and two, you don't want to punish the kids for the mistakes of the people leading their program. Those kids worked their tails off. A lot of them came back, the J.J. McCarthy's, the Blake Corums. They came back just so that they could have an opportunity to play in a national championship. I don't think the kids should be punished in that situation. If they're going to suspend someone and they decide to suspend Jim Harbaugh, that's okay in my book, as long as it happens after the investigation has run its course. Well, I told you that I was going to be bringing on a very special guest today. And it's really because, well, he's an amazing you know, human being, an amazing colleague at ESPN. But also there was a little bit of fire that I started this past week on Twitter when I came to uh, suggesting that Marshawn Lynch should get a head coaching interview in the offseason for the Las Vegas Raiders. So to be more specific, it's this tweet that people were running around with. And it says there's lots of tiptoeing around the Jeff Saturday hiring for the Colts. Jeff was a blast to work with at ESPN but it doesn't change the fact that it's a head-scratching, slap-in-the-face to every coach on that staff type of decision. Stephen A. Smith will be coaching the Nets next. So I thought, why not bring on the Hall of Fame center for the Indianapolis Colts, six-time Pro Bowler, 
two-time first-team All-Pro and Super Bowl champion Jeff Saturday to talk about it with me. And, you know, me and you, we had a nice conversation earlier at ESPN just about this whole situation and the difference between you getting the interim head coaching job for the Colts versus me mentioning that Marshawn Lynch should get an interview in the offseason on top of that with Antonio Pierce being the interim coach there for the Raiders. And I just wanted to dispel any and all rumors or whatever there might be out there to talk with you just about that process of becoming the interim coach. How yeah. was that for you? And what do you want the people to know about exactly everything that you went through? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it was a, it was a surprise to me as well to anybody, right? I mean, I, I tell people uh, I, I, w- I was hunting with my son. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally had just come off of a uh, come out of a field with my son and my my wife and I were uh, in in a commute back home. We get home. Uh, I'm going to end up going to ESPN the next morning, um, and I'm going to watch the games that night on my computer. And it's I forget whatever time it was, eleven o'clock, midnight, whatever it was. And uh, it's Ursay, and, it, and he's calling, and uh, you know he just runs through it, and he's like, "Hey, I've made a decision." Um, you know, I've, I'm going to move on from Frank, and I would love for you uh, to be my interim head coach. You know, come in here and stabilize this thing the next eight, eight weeks, and uh, you know, I'd I, I love to give you this opportunity. You know, no promises to what this thing is going to look like in the future, and you know, would you be willing to do it? And and uh, you know, my wife looked at me and goes, "Are you crazy?" I mean, that was literally her. That was literally her. She's like, "Are you crazy?" And I was like, "I think I am." And and it's funny, you know, I'm a man, I'm a man of faith. Right. And so I'm a Christian and I prayed about it. I told him, I said, I got to talk to my wife. I'm going to pray about it. And I I felt called to do it. And and I knew it was going to catch all kinds of flack from a number of different people. I wasn't really concerned with people's response. Listen, I I tell people all the time, I love the Colts organization. It changed my life, right? It changed my family's life, my extended family's life. Uh, what Mr. Ursay and his family did for mine is, is it, you can't repay, right? The, 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 um, you know, what has happened there. And, and the, the thing I don't think people realize is I know everybody in the building still, right? All the equipment guys, the doctors, the trainers, you know, the, the front office. Like those people have been there at, you know, Pete Ward, who's been there, you know, as, as the, as the, the, the president of the organization, I've known all these people, yeah. my adult life. Like I, I went in at 22, I played till I was 38. Like th- th- those are my people. And, oh, and yeah. when he was like, Hey, will you step in? And um, I, I said, absolutely, Jim, I'll, I'll come in. And, yeah. and I knew, and I asked him, and it's funny because you say, you know, about in, in your tweet, you yeah. had talked about uh, the other coaches, Correct. And, and, um, you know, we talked about, it. I said, listen, I, I know I can get the locker room like that. That's it, players are going to relate to, I, I've been oh, a leader yeah. in the locker room my whole life. Right. Like yep. that part those guys will, will want to, because I'm, I'm not going to mix words. I'm going to, I'm going to be held accountable. I'm going to hold guys accountable. That, that like part. the coaches. Do. Yeah. The coaches are what I'm worried about. Right. And so, right. um, and to his point, he said, listen, we have a, a defensive coordinator who is in his first year with the organization. So all of his staff is basically brand new. That's Gus Bradley, who was an absolute stud, right? And a great, has been a head coach and just a good man, but he's brand new to the organization. They had uh, a Bubba who was especially, who's now in Cleveland and, and they had just fired the offensive coordinator and, and the head coach and then another offensive coordinator being Frank Reich and Marcus. So there was only four offensive coaches offensively. And, and, um, 
He's like, we just need somebody to step in and, you know, just kind of settle the organization. We need to figure out our footing. And, and you know, this would be a great opportunity for you to get in front of these men. And, and I would appreciate it. And I said, yeah. And I told Mr. Ursay on the phone that we're going to go 0 and 8. Like, just so you know, we're not going to win a game. You know, like, right, like right. I'm going in a situation I don't have, I don't, I don't know the coaches. You right. know, I've been a consultant for the, for the team for the last Correct. two years. Frank and I would talk, you know, weekly and I respect the heck out of Frank. And, right. but I said, these players are going to love Frank and yeah. they're going to love who he is. And so, but, but Mr. Ursay was like, listen, I, I, I need, I need a cult. I need a guy who, you know, this is your, your name is on the stadium, right? You're in the Colts Hall of like, like this. I need that guy. I need that leader to come in. Um, and I'll tell you this, Robert, like, man, like, and you and I talked about this to this day, coaches still text me. Right. Players still text me. They love, right? they like love people, you, man. They love yeah, you. Yeah, man. Like, like, like that's why I did it. And, and, I, right. and let me tell you the other part too, just so everybody can dispel anything. I'm a man of faith. I said that before. If it was my job, I would have gotten the job like th this was God did not want me to have the, I'm I'm completely comfortable with that. I, mean, I wish Shane and his staff and that organization victory and success. Man, I, I root for the Colts every week, bro. Like like I am good, man. Like God has been more than good to me, bro. I am not worried about another man's blessing and I'm glad he got it. And, and so I, I never sat in that seat of being upset or feeling like I was, you know, what people said about me or didn't say about me changed anything. Uh, and, and I, I feel the same way about AP, man. Yeah. I hope he wins every game, bro. Yeah, like, I mean. go and, and Marshawn. If Marshawn, exactly. go do it, dog. Like, be that dude. Like, I, like, right. I love when players coach and dudes that we respect get opportunities. Right. Um, and so no, man, I, I, I never, I, and listen, people would, you know, they'd be like, well, what about so, you know, I'm back at ESPN. Well, how are you? Man, look, I, I didn't care what, like, they got their opinions, bro. Speak it. Like, it you're doing, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And, and, and the thing is with the cult situation, uh, we talked about this. It wasn't about you getting the job. It was about the situation. And you mentioned it That's when right. you talked to, to Mr. Ursay that, hey, the coaches might be a little bit of an issue. They've been in the building with these guys. That's right. There's, I'm coming over here from, from ESPN. They might feel a certain type of way about that. But the thing you said in your opening press conference when you gave, I don't like to say a speech because it was coming from the heart. And having worked with you, I know you're the same guy on camera that you are off For camera. For sure. But it was genuine. And I knew, like, as soon as you gave that speech, they won't mention that because it wasn't in a tweet. But I'm on right. ESPN on Get Up talking about how – that guy, everyone in the locker room is going to follow that guy. Right. So I just wanted to bring you on here to have this conversation because I feel like sometimes there's a little bit of, hey, well, they're only analyzing it this way because this guy is, is a certain color or this guy right. is one of their friends. And that's not the case. The bottom yeah. line is I think that you could be a head coach in the NFL. I just think that you getting an interview instead of being thrusted into an uncomfortable and unwinnable situation there, right? In Indy, right. right? It was, un yeah. was unwinnable. It was yeah, unwinnable for sure. But for, for sure. you to right. go into that as the interim in the middle of the season, it put you in a tough spot. And I honestly think you did the, the absolute best you possibly could. And you won the first game. Yeah. So for me, it's like, Marshawn getting an interview. Does he want to be a head coach? Probably yeah. not. Right. Probably not. Right. But if right. you watched if you watched that highlight hype up video they did for the uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders, you'd be like, "Yo, 
if they identified Marshawn and the players adapted right. to him and they put a bunch of guys around him, that would be That's great right. because what we talked about today was the fact that when you do get the job, right, and you get not just the interview, but they say this is our guy for the foreseeable future, you get to build your own staff. That's right. Talk about the difference between what you were thrusted into and what Antonio Pierce is dealing yeah. with right now with the Raiders. No, that's a great question. So I will tell you, my first meeting with my coaches – I walked in and I told them to, and listen, I do not pretend to know how to coach as well as anybody. You guys have, you guys have done this. I've coached at a high school level, right? We, I, I'm not even pretending. Like, 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 tell me what I can do to make you the best coach you can be. And right. I think, you know, and, and the other part of my situation that was different than where AP sits today is the general manager, Chris Ballard, was going to be there, right? Like, like he was going to be – so so ultimately the decisions all laid at his feet, right? Because he's looking at this organization not only for these eight games, but what's going to happen in the future, right? He was the one who brought in, you know, Matt Ryan and Nick Foles and, and you know, and, and Sam Ellis, and, and that was his – and so, okay, if you're going to make a transition, what does that transition look like, right? So the future, now he goes and gets AR and Gardner Minshew, right? So, you know, Anthony Richardson and, and – fourth pick so he had a plan so he had a plan that he had to execute that was bigger than just the eight games where ap i think has an advantage is he and the the general they fired the general manager and josh mcdaniels and they brought in ap and the assistant gm is now the gm so they have a vested interest in looking at these eight games as a basically as an interview, right? Like, like this is your interview. You can, you can hire and fire whichever staff you want. You can, you know, do what you want to do. So it's a little bit different, but I will tell you the, the, the crux of AP having worked with him at ESPN and, and he and I were both coaching high school at the same time. We would trade notes, huddle film, which is how high school watches film and <laughs> right is he understands how to motivate guys to play their best, but also allows coaches to coach their position without overstepping. And I think that that part, to your point, when you finally get the team, is if you hire a coordinator and you hire an O-line coach and you hire the tight end coach, like all of those guys now, you have a common vision. He is being able to shape that vision. Even though he hadn't hired them, he's been allowed to tweak and do what he wants with players, with coaches. Hey, I'm going to tweak and kind of make these changes and I love it, man. Like, like oh, I love that he's taking a hold of this. Yeah. And it's like, man, go get it. Like, like leave no stone unturned. You know, he made a quarterback change right away. They come out and play their best football of the season. And you got to be excited for them. This episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by BetterHelp. On this show, I hope to inspire you to be one of the ones in your own life. And to do that, sometimes you need a little bit of help. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it, but adding something new and positive to your life can counter some of those feelings. Sometimes all you need is someone to talk to. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded in your life, and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. Whether it's being an athlete, Being an NFL analyst or a father, my schedule is always busy, and sometimes it can be a lot to juggle and check in on my own well-being. Well, with BetterHelp, it's helpful to learn positive coping skills and become a better you anywhere and anytime. It teaches you how to set boundaries and empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. 
So go and find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RG3 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RG3. You're worth it. Well, guys, we pretty much talked about a rocket scientist on our show today and Josh Dobbs, but this episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Because nobody likes wasting money on those sneaky, sneaky subscriptions. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails. With customer service, Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money can even negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. So if you like saving money, get you some rocket money. You could do a whole lot with all those savings, like maybe uh, buy an alpaca hat or some grandma glasses. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest. With over 5 million users and counting, rocket money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and 1 billion in total savings so far. That's a lot of saving for Black Friday shopping, y'all. Come on now. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash RG3. Again, go to rocketmoney.com slash RG3 and start saving money now. Yeah, the, the the change, not just at quarterback, right? They go out, they went 30 to six, which I believe is like the biggest margin of victory after a midseason coaching change, which is just I'm unbelievable. Sure. Yes. But, right? You guys had the coaching change. You come in, you win that first game. AP, Antonio Pierce, by the way, he also brought the practice squad guys yes. and let them be on the field on game day, which is which is very rare in the NFL. Yes. Were there any like decisions that you were able to make there for the Colts that were like different than what it was status quo before you got there? Yeah, so our our practice changed a little bit. Like we got much more physical at practice. You know, like I like I I I told them, you know, like the thing that I saw when I first walked in the building was um, we need to turn up intensity, right? Like, like from a, from a practice facility, from a practice, uh, viewpoint, I want to see more out of these guys. And it, it, it likened it back to more when I was a player, um, than, than like what I was watching. Right. And again, you, you have to learn how to balance where AP, I, I will say this too, where AP has an advantage, um, or advantage or like where, where yeah, I think he'll benefit. Good for him, right? Yeah, where yeah. He'll benefit is he knows all those coaches. He's built rapport with those go. guys there and he go. knows them and he can go through, he can speak through his staff to those guys about, hey, let's tweak this a little bit. Let's do a little right. more third down. Let's do a little more goal line, short yardage, you know, whatever he thinks, you know, will be an advantage for him. And, and I think that that is a big time. And, and what you see him doing is he's collectively inviting everybody in the building to be a part. And yes. I try to do the same thing, man, man. I brought the, you know, I brought the equipment staff. I brought the, I brought the, the, the training staff. I brought the weight room. Everybody come to team. Like, like front off, like come in here, like what our vision as an organization really is and how it's not going to turn over overnight, right? Like we beat the Raiders. Then we got to play the Eagles who were the hottest team. I think they, they had maybe lost one game. We lose on the last play of the game, right? Then we got the Steelers on Monday night. They were hot. So who you play matters. So, you know, they're going to face some tough competition. But man, 
like what what AP has done to the organization, I feel like has given a breath of energy. And, and there's another thing, too. And you and I talked about this today. You felt like the players were ready for McDaniel to move on. Yeah, that, that was not the same in Indy. Like they loved Frank, right? Like it was unsuspicious. Like like there was nobody who expected it to happen, right? It was like it happened out of nowhere. It was different. Like with McDaniel, you could hear some of the voices, and so when AP got it, you saw that energy is real, oh, yeah. man. You and oh, I both yeah. know it. That 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 tide rises all boat, right? You know, it raises all boats. So yep. you know, he he has. He has struck a chord, and you can see it with his with his staff and with his players, and, and I love yeah. it. I love it. And now, Jeff, we're talking about Antonio Pierce here and the process and, like, the tweet and with you, but I want you to break it down for the listener. How different would it have been if last year you, you stayed at ESPN and you, you've worked the rest of the season and then you got the interview in the offseason – how much different would that have been for you compared to be thrusted instead of being oh, thrusted into that situation? Yeah, it's totally different, right? Because now you're bringing in. So when I did, when when uh, Jim and Chris asked me to interview after the season for the full time job, and so now you know it's an entire process of you're going to put together a staff, you're going to put together a schedule. What does your off season? What does your training look like? What does your preseason look like? You know, what does your training camp schedule look like when you travel for games? What do you want it to be? You know, are you a guy who wants to travel two days out to the West? Like all of those, all of those conversations have to be had and you have to have these things charted out. And so from a, from a, an eight game glimpse, as opposed to really prepping for what type of players do you like? So, you, you know, when you, when you sit down with a GM, he's like, okay, what style of football do you want? Do you want a, <laughs> right. yeah, do you want a fast athlete? Do you want a big physical? Like, like what type of quarterback you want to, you want a you pocket guy? You want a guy right. who can move around? What type of, you like tall, long receivers or short, fat? You know, it's right. all of those questions. And I don't think people realize like the depth when you're doing those interviews. I, I mean, I called, I called Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell. I, I mean, I called right. a million different coaches, right? I called Bruce Arians. Like I, I get on the phone with all these guys and, you know, Tom Moore's of the world, who is an offensive coordinator and, and, and for me in Indy and been in Tampa and Clyde Christensen. I'm asking all of these guys, OK, when you were looking at it, tell me the positives and the negatives of these ways. And but I mean, it's it's a you know, it's a hundred pages by the time yeah. you're done that you're basically putting in front of the general manager and the ownership to go, hey, here's why I think I would be good at this job. It is it is much more detailed and and, and involved when you become the head guy for a length of time. And, right. and because, again, you're going to be judged and based on who you hire, who is on your step, because ultimately they're going to be why you win and lose games. And you didn't get that opportunity, right? Correct. Because you were thrusted into that interim spot. So a, a quick question is, do you still want to be a head coach in the NFL? Oh, in the right circumstances. So I, I will, and, and I'll, I'll answer it this way. The, the last interview I had with Indy, they asked you about your, um, like your practice scheduling. And, and, you know, again, it's very detailed. But one of my, one of my big issues is, I would. I am not a guy who's going to be there at five in the morning and leave at midnight. I, I think a tired <laughs> soldier is a bad soldier. I am much Agreed. more on the the Tony Dungy, Bruce Arians model of 
I want my coaches to go home and eat dinner with their family. If they want to get on afterwards, they can't. I want them to go see their child. I want to go see their kids do whatever they're doing. Like, like there has to be more than this, ju- just this game. And if we can't do it that way, I don't want to do it. Like, that's not like I, I believe we're called to a much bigger purpose than just the game. I love the game. Don't get me wrong. But, man, I ain't sacrificing everything at the altar of that game. There's going to be balance, and there's going to be balance for my coaches. And I, and I believed in that wholeheartedly. And when I was there, I allowed them to do what they – like, Like I, I believe in that. And so it's going to find – you have to find the right ownership, the yep. right GM fit, like to make right. sure everybody's on the same page that, hey, this is how we can succeed. Because I watched it succeed, right? I lived it. Yeah. But not everybody has. Some people have been – you know, you you know, you could have been in an organization where they work till midnight and one o'clock and sleep in their office, right? Like that ain't. Go- I'm gonna tell you right now, dude. God's been way good, too good to me to be sleeping in my office at, at, close, at 48 years old. I ain't sleeping in no office, bro. I'm going home. I got a I'm nice bed. You. <laughs> you I'm know, with you. Like- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And, and yeah. like to your point, it's like a tired soldier is not a good soldier. Like the one thing that I've always appreciated about you is that uh, you're real and genuine. And I could sense that. I think the players sense that, too. There wasn't sure. a feeling, at least in my opinion, when you left Indy after being the interim head coach for those games, that they were like, oh, my God, we can't wait for this guy to get out of here. I feel like the players also wanted to see you actually get a real shot at it. Uh, the energy from that first game, like, could you describe that a little bit oh, uh, for bro. your first game as a head coach? How was that? It, it was unreal. So we were in Vegas, and that's the first time I had seen the Vegas Stadium, which is, by the way, just phenomenal. <laughs> it's just phenomenal. You know what I mean? It's fire, bro. Like, like, yeah, I go up like, oh, my, you know. So we're staying at the hotel. And you, you'll love this. I'm getting off the bus. And I'm wondering because everybody's looking at me and, and everybody's looking at they're like, hey, uh, you, you got to go first. They, they take you to your. And I was like, what? You know, as a player, bro, like you just got, you know what I mean? Like you went into this, but they're like, no, no, they take you this certain place. So, you know, they, they do that. And then we get to the stadium and I walked in and I remember getting warmed up and I'm an exercise guy. So I go run and work out and do my thing. And I remember sitting around looking and I'm watching the guys, bro. And I'm watching the eyes and I see the hunger from these guys. And man, they had been through it, right? Like they'd been through a rough week. And uh, we start talking. I start chatting them up on the sideline. Man, I'm like, boys, y'all about to break, y'all about to break this thing off, man. Like y'all, <laughs> y'all, like, this thing has, it has crested. And Matt Ryan, who, who was, uh, who started a game that one of the very final plays of practice on a Friday threw the ball like, 50 yards after after the final play like just okay. you can just feel the frustration right like right. And he just lets it rip and and uh you felt that thing just just moving in the right direction and it was when the first snap and then man um you you know as as the last snap our defense makes an incredible play to knock the ball down or the final play i think it's the adams in the corner and Correct. i think it's gilly i'm pretty sure <laughs> steph is steph gilly makes the play and bobby had made it you know the linebacker made a play earlier and man we're coming off the field dude and these dudes are they just they couldn't be more excited and i felt so so good for them right, and, and and you know you're happy you win man but look dude i'm 
I'm a coach, right? Like, like yeah. I remember as the player, like you did the work, man. Like tip of yeah. the cap, bro, that you dudes did this. Jonathan Taylor had a huge run and, and just the feeling for the hard work and what they had gone through to get that win, man, it was, uh, it's a, it's a feeling like none other. I'll be honest with you. It was oh just my a, gosh. It was an awesome feeling. Yeah, Jeff, and you, you're the kind of guy that, that should be a head coach, should be have an opportunity to get, to get these types of uh, opportunities for sure. You said it yourself. Getting it in the right spot at the right time for is sure. more important than just getting the spot. But for you, like your story to me is fascinating, and I haven't had a chance to tell you all this stuff yet, so this is my first chance, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you go undrafted to the Ravens, you get cut. You're working as an electrical engineer, right? And right. then you go on to have a Hall of Fame career. You go on to play with two of the greatest quarterbacks this game has ever seen. But you also mentioned all of the coaches that are in your Rolodex, right? The guys that you got to learn from, yeah. the Tony Dungies. Uh, you talked about Clyde Christensen. You talked about Tom Moore. What did you learn most from Tony Dungy that helped you be prepared in that uncomfortable situation being there as the Colts interim head coach? I spoke to Tony a lot when I was when I was coaching, and I spoke to Jim Caldwell. Those were probably the two guys that I talked to the most. And um, Caldwell was the most. I, I spoke to him. I, if I didn't speak to him every day, I spoke to him quite a bit. And, and TD the same way. But I will tell you, man, the steady of the storm. Like, I, I remember Tony when I got it. He said, Jeff, I went, I think he told me he went 0-10 his first season at the oh, Bucks. And he was like, yeah. he was like, I was setting a, he goes, right now you're in the foundation building process. And he goes, if anybody tells you different, they've never been in your seat. You you have to dig. And he goes, the problem is, is you're digging the foundation and, and, and the house is already, you've already had, you, you've had to knock a house down and redig. And so it was those conversations of stay steady in the storm. Don't veer off of what you know is going to ultimately win. And and after every month, you know, and listen, man, like I felt like there were times it was like angels in the outfield, right? Like Houston game, dude, like, I mean, it's fourth <laughs> and 25. And, yeah. and our poor, you know, my, my rookie, you know, safety jumps early and the ball gets caught. The next play, he falls. Down. It's like, but at every game, I could go back and tell you like these weird things that happen in the games. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, how is it happening? <laughs> but, right. you, but as the coach. You have to stay true to what you believe, and I and, and I will tell you. I spoke to Dan Campbell when I was uh, when I was coach, and Dan, I reached out to him. He called me back, man, and we're talking. And he said, "Jeff, let me just tell you, man." He goes, "I was he was one ten and one." Oh yeah, it, it was he bad. was he was. I was one ten and one. I think they won like their last three games or something. And he's he was like, it was it was brutal, dude. And he goes, and then I was one and six, and so this is last season. He's like, I'm one and six, bro. And he's like, they're trying to run me out of town. He goes, literally, like, people are trying to fire me. He said, we've won three in a row now. And he's like, now I might get a lifetime contract. He's exactly. like, people, you know, <laughs> but he said, it took me this long to get my team to where they understand we're about physical Man. toughness. We're about yeah. doing it our, you know, the lion way, right? Like yep. we don't need somebody to do something special. We're going to be, we're going to, you know, whatever he was, bite the, bite the ankles, bite the kneecaps. Yeah. yeah. Bite you the kneecaps. And everybody mocked this guy, but you're watching him change culture. And that was what I was trying to do in India is we got to change the culture where if it's me or somebody else, these guys understand, but man, those men, Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy, Tom Moore, Bruce, like those men spoke life because 
in your toughest moments, bro, you're like, coach, man, this, how does this happen? And they just all <laughs> laugh. They're like, and they get, they got 10 stories to every one you got, bro. And it's, it's, it's awesome because they're like, Saturday, let me just tell you. And they'll share something. You go, really? That happened to you too? They're like, man, just keep going, bro. Like, like get up every day, put one foot in front of the other. And, and I got, and Gus Bradley, by the way, who was a defensive coordinator with me, he had been a head coach and he was phenomenal. I mean, that dude, he would sit beside me on the plane and just share stories, man, and laugh about good and bad and just be like, man, this is what coaching is. And, but, but you got the guys together and it was all about relationship and building that. So to your point, man, like those, those moments with those coaches and that the relationships are really what matter. And it's, it, it, it's, it, it is. It's the right time, the right place when everything comes together. But sometimes it don't. I went one and seven. It is what it is, right? You are what your record is. It didn't go right. But for whatever reason, it wasn't meant to. But 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 the relationships I developed are still well worth it. Yeah, I think you're going to get another shot at it and, and everything that you're doing, not just on TV, but like stuff like this, having real open conversations about it is going to show people exactly what happened and why you should get a, a better opportunity to be a head coach. Are you trying to see Travis Scott in concert and rage out? Or maybe you're trying to go see Sexy Red. If you're a Swifty, of course, you try to go to that Taylor Swift concert, and I heard them bad boys is unbelievable. Well, this week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app and always finds you deals on concerts, sporting events, festivals, and more. You know what I mean? I'm trying to go out and get to an Akon concert, and if you want to get hypnotized with me, it's a good chance that uh, that can happen if you work with SeatGeek. With the NFL and HL seasons in full swing and the NBA just starting, SeatGeek has your tickets to every game. And you can't tell me you don't want to go see Wimbenyana play. That dude is tall as hell. Plus, artists like Zach Bryan are on tour, amongst others. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10, so look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. It's a pretty good deal. And you know, I came through for you guys, so use my code RG3 for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code RG3. What time is it? It's game time, and you know what that means. High-impact action on the field. Between filming, traveling, and my busy schedule, I always find time for some self-care. And this week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by Dr. Till's. After a long day of taking care of the kids, Papa Rob needs some me time. And there's nothing I love more than a nice warm bubble bath just to take all the stress from the day away. That's right, people. I take bubble baths too because I can't be one of the ones without recharging my mind, body, and soul. Self-care and recovery is important, especially if you're an athlete or you work out all the time. It's getting chilly outside and, you know, we want to get a little bit warm in the tub. So soaking in Dr. Teal's nice warm bubble baths can recharge your muscles and help speed up your recovery so you can go even harder tomorrow. To speak on that relationship between the player and the coach, like former players understand that so well. Yeah, That's why Antonio Pierce had the success that he had in his first game. And that's why you had the success that you had in your first game there in Indy is the player-coach relationship can't just be do what I say, when I say it, how I say it. You have to be able to appeal to multiple guys in the locker room, not just one set 
from one background. That's and right. I think for you as a center, like your ability to identify the defense, identify where everybody's supposed to line up, that communication certainly helped you in that coaching opportunity that you have. And I think it'll help you in the future. Now, I know you got a bounce. Uh, you got some business to handle. So I want to just ask you a couple of quick questions. The first question would be, what do you think the five most underappreciated positions in football are? I'll start. Oh. I, I think it's center number one. But yeah. let me let me give the floor to you to give that um, interpretation for yourself. Yeah, I would say centers and I'll, I'll couple them. Centers and guards are definitely undervalued. Nose tackle. I'm just going to tell you, like nobody even talks about it anymore. But how they l- allow linebackers to be what they are is just is is a, is a game changer, you know, like none other, right? right? I think tight end now, if it's true tight end, not like okay. not like the ones not like the ones we split out, but like <laughs> the dude, that like that like you know, like I, you know, I love Travis Scott. He's the best tight end in our game. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to knock, but but one hundred percent. You ain't asking that dude to come in and put his hand in the dirt every like, like the dudes who have to do the dirty work at tight end. That's a tough job, man. It's, oh, yeah. It is a tough gig. So I'll put that. And then I'm gonna tell you, man. I think the toughest position in football is corner. I mean, Ooh, I, I, okay. I think it is. I think I think it is undervalued when you look at how defenses. And this is one thing I learned. I'll be I'll be very honest. It was eye opening to me the amount of pressure that you can put on a corner. By the coverages, because because you know when, when when you're a center, like you know coverages based on it's two, it's four, it's one, it's three, right? It's like robber, you know, like like I know all the general, but when you get into real ball, and he's like, well, we're gonna run, we're gonna run three, but we're gonna man lock this guy, and we're gonna put this guy to run, you know, this corner's got to run with him, it, and I'm like. That's a long way for that dude to run. You know, and I'm thinking <laughs> really in my head, though. I'm really like, is, this has got to be a dude. And so what we do, we put, you know, we put Gilmore there, right? Because he's he's had an incredible career and he can do it. But you you have to teach these guys. And and I had so much respect, man. Like I watched the defense be developed around what corners are capable of doing. And Kenny Moore, he got hurt uh, last year for us. Yep. But this kid is a freaking rock star, bro. Like he is so freaking good. And when we when we lost him, man, it was devastating because it is not only his play, but like his attitude, like his attitude to carry down into the trenches are just is just special. But when you but but he wasn't afraid. Hey, coach, I, I didn't like I'm on the slot. I'm on the slot. You want me outside? I'm done. And it's just there are just few dudes who can do it, bro. Toughest. And you're running backwards with really fast guys. If you make one bad play, it's kind of like offensive line. You get exposed. But you got it. You got to go water off a duck's back. But man, that that's that to me is the group that I would tell you, man. I tip my cap to them for sure. That's an amazing group, and it's it's interesting to hear a center point out the corner position because I do agree oh. that corner is one of the hardest positions to play. The no two doubt. that I that I would add to that is long snapper because if those guys go down, oh. uh, you're you're in a little bit of trouble. Yes. And then kicker with uh, with yes. Dare. Uh, what is it? Ogunbowale from uh, the Houston Texans, the running back. Yes, kicking a field goal because the kicker gets hurt. I always say no one cares about the kickers until you need one. For and, sure. And apparently they needed one and it just so happened to be a running back. Yes. Um, and how about him kicking off too, bro? Dude, kicking off and booting it. I, he was booting it. Respect. Like, I'd be scared everything in my hammy, from my hammy to my calf be torn. <laughs> I'd be done. I'm like, man, I got I got no swing in that thing. That dude, he put it on oh. it. That is for sure. That's, that's two good ones. Oh, man. And then before you bounce – 
you got to tell us the the backstory to the the story between you and Peyton screaming at each other on the sideline. It's a classic. Oh. I've seen it multiple times. Yes, yeah. But give us the give us the juice, man. Give us yeah. The juice. So you so so we're playing on a Monday night against the Rams, and uh, all week we know you get inside the five yard. This is when the Rams were legit. Now they were balling, right? And and um, greatest show on turf, kind of all that thing. And their defensive line was legitimate. They could really go. And, and uh, we knew when you got into the red, when you got into the deep red, it was, you know, like for the five yard in, it, they were going to give you a lot of like cover four, which is, I mean, we would call it like, a, like they just lined their heels up at the goal line and you got to go beat them. So it was, you got to go run it at them. You know, it's going to be tough to throw it. It's, you know, everybody's going to be covered. They're kind of creating a blanket. It's going to be hard, you know? And so um, we, we went through this whole conversation about what it was. So we get down there, man, and we run three straight plays and we throw the ball. All three plays. And it's like tight windows, you know. We almost catch it, but it gets swatted away, and the safety knocks it down or whatever. And I'm pissed, bro. I come off the field, and I'm yelling at Tom Moore because I think we got down here, and you called three passes, and I'm screaming. And Tom doesn't even look off the – yeah, he's just writing his notes on his clipboard. <laughs> he don't even pay me no mind, right? He didn't say nothing. So I go oh. sit down, and I'm sitting down with the O-line. And I guess Peyton heard me ripping uh, Tom, Tom and the offensive staff. And so he here and he comes down and he just start, you know, he starts bipping, bro. And, and you know, <laughs> this little skinny neck, you know, long forehead. I'm about to, you know, I'm like, hold up, bro. And he's he's, you know, telling me, Jeff, just just, you know, and he when he gets going, like he gets yep. marbles in his mouth, right? Like, <laughs> and he's like, you, 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 you just block, you know what I mean? And I'm going back at him, he's going back at me. I'm, uh, I'm losing my testimony because of my language, you know, and I'm yep. like, so we're going back and forth. And then finally, big T-bone, uh Tart Glenn jumps. I was like, go see down man so so he goes and sits down and he, he comes back later he's like hey bro i'm, I'm mic'd up you know i was like oh, oh my god so it goes it goes viral before viral was a thing uh but here's the cool this is the coolest thing dude like Peyton and i played together for 13 years man it, we, we went into the hall of fame as the longest and the most starting center quarterback duo with the most wins and i will tell you of all the awards i've ever received that's the coolest one uh, because it's longevity, dude. We did it together. We showed up every day, man. We didn't miss practice. We didn't miss games. And it, it was, that was more common than people knew because we're both type A. We both think we're right. Uh, in that situation, I was a hundred percent right. Cause if you, <laughs> you go were, back you and were, watch it, were. we ran it and we scored and we won the game and he knows it and I know it. But the coolest part was, dude, is our friendship that, that, that ain't nothing, dude. That's like, Man, game's over, bro. We're hugging it out. We're knuckling it up, man. It's what it is. What it is. Um, but that's why I respected him, man, and he respected me. It was we both work hard at what we do. We believe in it. And uh, but, but one of the greatest things because it gets played all the time, and uh, and he constantly <laughs> sends me little quips about it, you know. Right. And, and, and listen, that dude ain't he ain't never missed FaceTime. He ain't scared of it. So it, it was <laughs> it was it's probably much better for me than for him. You know what I mean? He gets enough nah, man. It, for an old for an old chubby guy. It, it does me it does me good. <laughs> no, nah, that that was awesome. And uh, no, listen, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on. We've already talked about this multiple times, but. You're worthy of, of getting a, another opportunity to be a head coach. I want it to I be in the right it. situation where you can fully show exactly who you are, hire your coaches, build the team the way that you want to build them. But in the meantime, brother, let's keep having some fun with those pancakes on Tuesdays. On Ain't up. no doubt, you know? but we're going to have a great time. I love working with you, man. We have fun. Yeah, we man. both know, man, God's in control, bro. Whatever his plan is, I'm, I'm good where I am. I'm good wherever he wants me, bro. All is good. Appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, let's have some fun. 
moving forward on ESPN until we Heck both yeah. coaches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now y'all be good. So there you have it, people. The conversation with Jeff Saturday was not just amazing, but it dispels any rumors out there of any type of rift or anything pertaining to Jeff Saturday being the problem. The problem wasn't Jeff Saturday getting the head coaching opportunity with the Colts. The problem was how they gave it to him and when they gave it to him. Jeff Saturday is a phenomenal human being. He is worthy of being a head coach and he's worthy of getting the interview in the offseason and being able to put together his own staff, just like I suggested for Marshawn Lynch and the Las Vegas Raiders. We're both very excited for Antonio Pierce and what he's doing there for the Raiders. The team seems to be responding well to everything he's doing. And former players should get more opportunities in the NFL to become head coaches faster because at the head coach position, it's not about calling plays. It's about connecting with your players and getting the most out of them. Jeff Saturday deserved a better opportunity to get that done by being a head coaching candidate in the offseason, not being thrusted into a situation in Indianapolis where he wasn't going to have any control or any power. And he himself said he knew that the coaches in that building would have a problem with him being the head coach coming from TV and not being in the building with them all the time. Let's go ahead and start talking about one of the realest quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Mr. C.J. Stroud, who is <clears throat> a top five quarterback right now in the NFL. And I'm not talking about rookies. I mean the top five guys playing at the position right now. You can't make an argument against C.J. Stroud. Yes, the Houston Texans, they're four and four. Is C.J. Stroud an MVP candidate? Not quite yet. But yes, if he does continue to play at this level, he will certainly put himself in that conversation. And you guys know I'm no stranger to always making those types of predictions when I see them. It was week four when I said that C.J. Stroud was a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And there were some people out there that had the little Twitter fingers talking about, oh my goodness, what's he talking about? Flash forward to now. And everybody's trying to say that C.J. Stroud is a top 10 QB. I wonder where they got that from. The reason I said it then was because I watched the tape. And I see how C.J. Stroud is processing. I talked about how he's a ball placement specialist. That touchdown pass that this man had to Tank Dell in the fourth quarter. I mean, oh my gosh. Not only did he process the safety and see the safety jump the inside post, but then he put the ball where only Tank Dell could make the play because the corner actually undercut Tank Dell to try to pick it off. And when he looked back to see where the ball was coming from, he then knew, yeah, I didn't really messed up. And I promise if you guys go watch that play in slow motion, it's even better because the corner's realization and putting his head down once he sees just how pretty of a ball that C.J. Stroud threw, he knew he was done. So when I watch all of that and I see how he's processing, I see how he's using his eyes to manipulate coverage and move safeties. I see how he's throwing the check downs when the time calls for it. When I see how Bobby Slowick, his offensive coordinator, is calling not just good plays, but great creative plays to show off not just the athleticism of C.J. Stroud, but also his own mind and the way that he sees the game. C.J. Stroud has the best of both worlds right now. He's playing before the defense is prepared. Right. He's seeing it, processing it and being a step ahead of them. And he's not making mistakes right now. CJ Stroud has 14 touchdown passes and only one interception. That is the greatest touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL right now. 
So when I say top top five QB, I mean, you know, you're throwing into that conversation Tua Tungavailoa, who's probably playing the best at the position when you look at the entire season. You're talking about guys like Patrick Mahomes is in that conversation. Uh, Brock Purdy was at, at one point. You could say Joe Burrow is now playing like a top five QB, but when you really look at the top echelon of QBs, it's really hard to find five of them that you would take over C.J. Stroud the way that he's playing right now. And I'm not even taking into account the fact that C.J. Stroud threw for 470 passing yards, broke Andrew Luck's rookie record, and had five passing touchdowns, and had a game-winning drive at the end of the game for the Houston Texans. And it was a come-from-behind victory for them because they were down at big, at big points in the game. C.J. has proven time and time again that he's not a test taker. He's a football player. He plays with a chip on his shoulder and his swag has infiltrated the entire Houston Texans team. It's been a joy to see because not a lot of people believed in him and not a lot of people believed he could do it with the weapons that he has. But he had three 100-yard receivers. And by receivers, I mean pass catchers in this past game. Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, and Tank Dell. And Nico Collins, the guy that was blowing up the league early in the season, he wasn't one of those three. But he's still a part of that arsenal of weapons that CJ has. So shout out to CJ Stroud. Keep doing your thing. He is a top five quarterback right now in the NFL. And I think people need to recognize that. CJ Stroud's swag has infiltrated the team so much that he's even got running backs out there kicking field goals knowing that, hey, man, I can do this. Now, running back Dare Ogunbowale was a guy that played soccer growing up. And he had to go and be the kicker for the Houston Texans this past week because their starting kicker got hurt. It only takes a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, who has so much swag and so much belief and brings the guys over to his house during the week, every single week to bond and build those relationships to make a guy like Dare feel that confident that he can do kickoffs, get touchbacks and make a 33 yard field goal. So even though C.J. Stroud and the Texans were playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they are the Pirates, C.J. Stroud walked away with all of the booty from this past week. Speaking of quarterbacks who have kind of figured things out, we got to talk about the pastronaut, Mr. Josh Dobbs, the new starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. What a story he was this past week. Gets traded from the Arizona Cardinals, where he was their starting quarterback, to the Minnesota Vikings, and in five days goes out and leads them to a victory. Didn't really know the entire playbook. Didn't know any of his teammates' fools' names. I'm sure he knew a couple, but you know what I'm saying. He didn't know everyone on the roster or everybody that he was throwing the football to on a personal level or, you know, what their favorite color is, what, what kind of routes do they run, uh, where do they like the goal ball to be placed at. All those things that you talk about with connection between a quarterback and a wide receiver or a quarterback and his team, he led them to victory without those things. So... I watched him have a fourth and seven run, about a 20-yard run, maybe a little bit more. And his athleticism is showing up more and more throughout the season. But the fact that in those big moments when the game is on the line, this guy is not afraid at all speaks to the fact that he's an aerospace engineer. I mean, this guy wants to be an astronaut. That's why they call him the pastronaut. So it's been fun to watch, but I was fascinated by the fact that in crucial points of the game, we were told that the coaches on the sideline were calling into his helmet 
and diagramming what the actual plays that he was running were because he didn't have an opportunity to learn all 150 to 200, 300, 400 plays that are in the playbook based off the different variations of formations and alignments and motions and shifts. He only had to know, you know, the top five, third and two to four plays, the top five, third and five to seven plays, the top five, third to 11 plays, the top five red zone, 20 to the 15 plays, 10 to the five plays, five to the one plays. You get what I'm saying. He didn't have to know 500 plays, but it kind of feels like he had to know about a hundred of them bad boys. So when you're coming in as a new quarterback, whether you get traded to a neat team or you sign in free agency, in free agency, you get months upon months to learn these things. But when you're traded to a team and you're thrusted into the starting position because the starter gets hurt in five days, there's no way in heck that you're going to be able to learn all those things. So for Josh Dobbs to be able to go compete in the game of football in the NFL at the highest level and lead his team to a 31 to 28 victory is astronomical. And yes, I mean, all puns intended. He's been on six different teams in the last year. He's had to learn six different offenses, six different variations of the snap count and the cadence. He was on the sideline taking snaps from his center, and they were teaching him how to say the cadence of the snap the right way. Some people say set hut, you know, blue 80, blue 80, set hut. Some people say hut, as in blue 80, blue 80, hut. This man didn't even know that because he got zero, I mean zero practice reps. No throws to any of the wide receivers, no snaps from the centers. The coach didn't even know what he liked to run in those situations that I just mentioned before on third downs, in the red zone, in short yardage, because there was never a plan for him to play. So when you talk about all that adversity and you talk about a response from a player, you want to respond in life the way that Josh Dobbs has so far this year as a player. He has showed you that it doesn't matter what the situation is, it's all about how you perform. Guys, that's a wrap for episode eight of RG3 and the Ones. I want to say thank you to the great, legendary Hall of Fame center, Jeff Saturday, for joining the show. Make sure you guys go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on social media at RG3 and the Ones. And remember, we're going to have these episodes dropping every single Thursday. So when you follow us on social media, you're going to get them clips daily to get you excited about the next episode that's about to drop. Again, we appreciate you liking and subscribing to our YouTube page. We're gonna have a lot of fun on this show. It's not about gotcha moments, it's about great conversations, celebrating sport the right way, and getting to the truth of the matter as fast as humanly possible. So I wanna say, this is RG3 and the Ones presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment in partnership with Whispering Oaks Productions. And I want to give a huge shout out to my producers and editors on this show. This show would not be possible if it wasn't for you guys. We thank you for your hard work and we thank you for you guys listening. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.